Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You never get the thrill of that adventure unless you're willing to take the step and to go out there. And I think that's what following the Lord should be about. As much as the book of Ruth is about like redemption, and it is. Redeeming love, it is. What love truly looks like, it is. I think it's also about adventure and going on this journey with Jesus and just trusting him each and every step of the way because you can't read and study through this book and not see that he's got his hand on your life and even the minor details. Whether you love traveling or if you're a homebody, we can all appreciate adventure and what it entails. It can be scary for some to think of places unknown, but it's also a time when change and growth are welcome. Pastor James reminds us today that following Jesus is an adventure. As you grow in the Lord and get to know Him more, you should constantly be increasing your knowledge of Him. You know He's won the war, so take a risk. Trust in Him and see where the voyage takes you. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Ruth, chapter 3, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. We need bread for the broken, give some bread to the broken. We need hope for the hopeless, give some hope to the hopeless, hopeless, bread for the broken, broken. He's in control of everything. He's in control of um, storms in the Gulf. He's in control of um, wheat and barley harvesting times and and all that good stuff. And he's in control of our lives, which doesn't make sense at times. And then, then it does make sense, right? So... That's what we've been watching with, with Ruth and Naomi and Boaz and just walking through the book of Ruth and just seeing how, man, how the Lord can just orchestrate things and he can use the smallest sometimes decisions that we make and, and how we can use those to accomplish his purposes when we don't even think about it. It's like, you know, Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, and, and their two boys, you know, famine hits the land and there's no more bread in the house of bread, right? Bethlehem. And so they're like, well, we'll just, we'll, we'll leave. We'll pack up and we'll go to Moab, which as far as we know, nobody else was doing that. You're like, why? Why are you leaving? Stick it out. Ride out the storm. Ride out the storm. But that's what the decision they made. And the Lord was going to use that because then Ruth becomes part of the family. We understand the story. Naomi's husband passes away. Then her two boys pass away. And she's left with two daughter-in-laws. And uh, one stays in Moab. And Ruth comes back to Bethlehem with Naomi. I, I love it. Just, I'm just summarizing just to get us up to chapter 3 here. But I, I love Ruth's uh, adventurous kind of spirit. If I could say that, um, I don't, we don't know much about her. That's, that's crazy. She has four chapters, although I know there's no chapters in the original text there, but she has a book that has been named after her. Her story is told, and we don't know a whole lot about her. I mean, she has outstanding character. We know that. Outstanding character, dedication, devotion, faithfulness, uh, humility. I, I mean, I think there's an element of it, too, of this adventure, right? Uh, There's a saying that says, uh, you'll never discover new oceans if you're unwilling to leave the shore, okay? If you're unwilling to let go of the shore, you'll never discover anything. Uh, And I think that's kind of, in in some way or another, that's Ruth. She was willing to leave Moab 
and to follow Naomi because Naomi's God was now her God. And so she's going to go with her and she's like, I'm not going to leave you. You're family. Family doesn't leave family. I'm sticking with you. So she says, we're going to ride out this storm together. So we watched Ruth go on this journey. Naomi's going on this journey as well. Boaz gets introduced into this story. We saw him last week as Ruth just so happens to end up in his field, you know, on the the day in which he shows up and he's a good boss. He's greeting his employees with, you know, respect and the Lord be with you. And they respond back, the Lord bless you. Good man, great character, well-respected by his employees. uh, And uh, he also cared for his employees as well. But we, watched, we walked through this last week, chapter two, and how he was super generous to Ruth, how he took notice of her immediately. You know, he rolled up to his, his land, his field there, the barley fields, because those uh, are harvested first before the wheat because they come up a lot faster than the wheat does. So as he's rolling up to his fields to check it on, he's, you know, checking on how things are going, talking to his foreman, immediately, there's Ruth. I don't, he's not paying attention to anything his foreman's saying because he's just like zeroed in on Ruth. He's like, who's that? <laughs> who's that girl? What are you talking about? There's always girls in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There's, no. there's never been a girl like this. Who's that? Right? That's kind of like what was happening there with chapter two. Boaz takes notice of Ruth. And then that kind of opens up the opportunity as her testimony is shared by other people to other people. That should always be the goal of your testimony, okay? It should be a testimony of faithfulness, of dedication to Jesus and devotion to Jesus, and let other people tell your story to other people. Not that your story is better than anybody else's, but if you want your testimony to be known, well, share it with somebody, but live it out to where other people are talking to other people about you, saying, hey, see that guy? Man, that guy loves the Lord. That guy's walking with the Lord. That's a faithful man. For in Ruth's case, the job foreman was like, let me tell you all about Ruth. Because I know her story. She's faithful. She's stuck with Naomi. And she's got this crazy nonsensical idea that we need to call her Mara. We need to call her bitterness. We're not calling her that. We're calling her pleasant because that's who she is. But she, Ruth has stuck with Naomi even in the midst of bitterness. She's been true to her right by her side the whole way through. This guy told Ruth's story to Boaz. Boaz is impressed, pursues Ruth, and says, let me tell you, you can have as much barley as you want. <laughs> like, like, you can have as much barley. You got safety. You got protection. You have access to more food than what you'll ever be able to consume, both you and Naomi. And it's just like Jesus telling us, hey, come into my field. You got protection? You'll never go hungry. You'll never thirst again. Reap from my field. Pick up the, you know, the gleanings and all that stuff from my field. So this was Boaz extending just generosity to Ruth. I think he was, uh, you, know, he, you know, he had eyes for her. You know, we can see that. He's not an idiot, right? I'm sure Ruth was a beautiful girl. And he's like, this one's special. So some time passes. Some people say that there's estimate of like a, a year, like Naomi and Ruth have been in Bethlehem, back in Bethlehem for about a year. So we went through one barley harvest and we're going through another one. That could be true. Uh, it, the time frame doesn't really matter in, in as much as what we see is this relationship that is developed between Ruth and Boaz, okay? We get to this point where we'll see it in chapter three, where it's like, so Ruth has already been on a journey 
And now it's time for Boaz to go on this journey. And now it's time for him to leave the shore, right? He, it's time for him to press out into those unknown waters. Take that step of faith. Are you going to trust God in this scenario? Because you like her, she likes you. You passed a note in class and you both circled the same answer. And so now it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, we need to get married. We'll see that at the end of chapter three, but it's going to take a step of faith for Boaz. It's also going to take faith on, on Ruth's part too, but you, you never discover those oceans. You never, you never get the thrill of that adventure unless you're willing to take the step and to go out there. And I think that's what following the Lord should be about. As much as the book of Ruth is about like redemption, and it is. Redeeming love, it is. What love truly looks like, it is. I think it's also about adventure and going on this journey with Jesus and just trusting him each and every step of the way because you can't read and study through this book and not see that he's got his hand on your life. And even the minor details. So here we go. Verse 1. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation because I like the way it, it kind of just clarifies some stuff for us. But it says this, verse 1. One day, Naomi says to Ruth, my daughter, it is time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Now, that's not like mean. She's not like, okay, look, Ruth, you're worn out. You're welcome. It's time for, I want my house back to myself. Like, you know, this is my empty nesting time of life. You need to go. It's not anything like that. Naomi has her best interest in Ruth and in her life. And here's what's so amazing about this. Here's what's fascinating about this. This is Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. Ruth was married to one of Naomi's sons, whom she loved dearly. Ruth loved this man dearly as well. And here's Naomi saying, look, Ruth, I think it's time for you to get married again. I think that's a bigger deal than what we sometimes just pass through the scriptures with, right? We read that and we're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But remember, we're dealing with people. We're dealing with real emotions and, and all that. And so here's Naomi, who has tremendous love for Ruth, and she's like, my daughter, it's time we find you a man, right? She's like, but, but your son, no, 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 he's, that's done. That chapter's ended. That chapter's done. I think the Lord is ready to write a new chapter in your life. I think the Lord's ready to write a new one. Naomi already knows who the guy is, right? So if you're reading this and you're thinking like, well, who's it going to be? You're fooling yourself, okay? Um, because this is a Jewish mama and she's already got it planned out. She knows who this guy is going to be. She already knows it. I mean, she's, she saw the, you know, the 30 pounds of barley that Ruth brought back from gleaning from Boaz's fields. And she's like, that's the guy. <laughs> like, number one, he's related to us. So he's already qualified as a kinsman redeemer, okay? We'll, we'll read... Um, not yet, but we'll read a, a, a verse from Gen, uh, Deuteronomy 25 in a second. But Naomi's she's up to speed on what the law says and all this good stuff. She already knows, she already knows Boaz is the guy. She just needs Ruth to understand that Boaz is the guy. This is almost like an arranged marriage, which I'm all for, um, by the way. I'm all for those things um, because I have two daughters. I have two sons as well. I'm not too worried about those guys, right? Because I'm like, yeah, you know, we just married a nice, sweet lady. Okay, let's get... But my daughters, oh, no. No, no. There is a dad filter that you, I mean, you're jumping through hoops if you're going to pass through these things, right? Like, because it, it just ain't happening. Nobody's good enough. And I've already told my daughters this. I'm like, nobody's good enough. They're all knuckleheads, okay? Every boy is dumb. They're all knuckleheads. Okay, no offense. I'm a guy. I know, all right? I'm sure my father-in-law was 
probably thinking the same thing about me, right? But here's Naomi. She's like, I got you. I got you. Clearly, I think Naomi has obviously seen the Lord's hands within the story. And like, oh, so the one field, the only field you went to just so happened to be Boaz's field, who just so happens to be one of our closest, nearest relatives. The lights are going off within her mind. The Lord's doing something. The Lord's doing something. I believe the end of chapter two, and definitely going into chapter three, is when we see the ice beginning to melt that was encapsulating Naomi's heart. The bitterness. The bitterness that she took upon herself. Now, again, I don't blame the lady. You lost your husband. You lost your two sons. You've lost everything. I don't blame her for being bitter. I don't blame her because I would probably be the same way. Now, you can come along and say, no, that's sin, and you're not trusting God. Then you're not a real human, okay? You're not a real person who experiences real emotions and real seasons of doubt and question where it's like, Lord, I don't understand this. This doesn't feel fair. This doesn't feel right. And I could understand how that can make an individual just bitter. But here is where the Lord begins. He's just melting that ice away from her heart by showing her, like, look, she's in Boaz's field. I got this. You may not understand. You may not understand why Elimelech, why he died when he did, and when your two boys, why they died when they did. You may not get that, but you don't see the full picture either. You will be restored. See, God knew it all along. Naomi, towards the end of the book, is going to get restored. She never knew that because all she could see was their circumstances. But here the Lord is just pricking at her heart a little bit, just chipping it away a little bit, just every so you know, every little piece, every, you know, bit by bit. And to where Naomi is, approaches Ruth and she's like, look, we got to get you married. And she's, you know, she makes a statement because obviously the Lord is, and she sees, she identifies the fact that the Lord is doing something. Verse 2, Boaz is a close relative of ours. And he's been very kind by letting you gather grain uh, with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now, do as I tell you. Take a bath. Okay, that's all right. Um, what, you know, smell check like, um, are you... Thanks for the subtlety, Naomi. Uh, wow. Yeah, take a bath. No, she's not saying you stink. She's saying, look, this is how we're going to do this. You're going to get dressed up, right? Take off the sweatpants, Ruth. Come on. Listen, he'll love you later when the sweatpants are on. He's, he's going to love you. But we're going to dress it up a little bit, okay? We're going to dress it up a little bit. She's like, I know he's going to be there threshing, You're going to take a bath. You're going to put on some perfume. You're going to dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor. But don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go, uncover his feet, lie down there, and he will tell you what to do. Wow, this is crazy. Like, this is insane, all right? We don't see this stuff nowadays. Praise God. It would be a little awkward, right? It would be just a little weird. But here's Naomi. She's got it all figured out. And this is a classic mom thing, okay? Because here's, here's how you know it. She knows Boaz's schedule. 
Like she's been keeping a journal or some sort of diary. She's keeping tabs on this guy. And she knows like it's barley season. And now it's time to separate the, the chaff from, from the barley itself. And so he's going to do that. She also knows that any good you know, landowner who has grain, he's going to sleep there with his grain so that he can protect his crops. So she's kind of like, Naomi's on the street, like watching Boaz. She's writing down like, okay, 1045, he goes and does this, all right. And then, oh, so he, that's where he's, okay, he's going to sleep there. So she can set this whole plan up for Ruth. You're going to go take a bath. You're going to get cleaned up. You're going to smell real good. You're going to put on your nicest clothes. You're going to make a good first impression. It's not a first impression. She's already made a great first impression through her character. Character always counts. Above anything and everything, character counts, right? But this is a marriage proposal. Now, how modern is this? This is Ruth proposing marriage to Boaz. This is what's crazy about this. You're like, what? This is, no, this is what's happening. She is going to dress herself up. She's going to look the best. She's going to smell her best. She's going to do all that stuff. And she's going to find Boaz. And she's going to watch him, kind of hiding out a little bit, and notices where he sleeps so that she can go and pull the blanket back from his feet, and she's going to lay down at his feet. And this is all just symbolic in one sense, but it's, it's also a way to communicate, look, um, I want to marry you. I want to marry you. I want to be yours. I want to commit myself to you forever. That's what she's doing here. Which is just, it's incredible, and it's, it's just so, so amazing, like... Just everything that's wrapped up within this little story, in particular this one little chapter here, but and for sure this is a step of faith for Ruth. Because let's never forget, Ruth is a widow. She is a widow. Sometimes I forget that. I study through this book, and I forget that she was previously married, and she had a spouse, and she experienced the, the harshness of death and that she lost her husband. He died, and she became a widow. I don't know why, but every time I go to the book of Ruth and I you know, start to read, either reading through it on a yearly basis through the one-year Bible, I just always think of Ruth as like, you know, that she wasn't, there's no real history there. Like, she's just, you know, she's never been married, but no, she has been married. She's experienced the pain of losing a loved one. She knows what it's like to be vulnerable in the sense of, committing yourself to someone not knowing how it's going to end up. That's a step of faith on her part. That's going out on this adventure and on this journey. And Naomi has it all set up. She's like, look, if you just do everything that I tell you to do, Boaz will take it from there. And that's Naomi expressing faith that God has this. God is obviously behind this thing. His fingerprints are all over your story, Ruth. So what we're trusting in is that Boaz is a smart guy and that he's going to see what's going on too and he's going to take the ball from there. But Ruth, you got to take a step. You got to go down there. You got to present yourself to him. You lay at his feet, expressing the fact that you are available and that not only that you are available, but that you actually want to marry this man. Let him know that. And I think, man, Boaz got it easy. Dude, what? Really? All right, this is like Sadie Hawkins dance, like just, you know, times a million, right? Like the girls are supposed to ask the guys, and you're like, 
okay, well, Ruth is, she's all on it. I think Boaz, even if Ruth had never expressed this, Boaz was going after Ruth. They're never going to get married. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. But I think it's just beautiful. Like, you see, like, the, just the beauty of Ruth's character and, and her submission to Naomi, her obedience to Naomi, and her trusting in God, saying, look, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to present myself as available to him. That's why every time I read through the book of Ruth, and every time I'm not just reading through it, but studying through it, like, Ruth just keeps going up the list of biblical heroes for me. Because, man, this lady is outstanding. She's just outstanding. Look at her response. She says, verse 5, I'll do everything you say. (laughs) I would have questions. I'd be like, "Um, okay, Naomi, um, what if he says no? What if he says no? It's not even a thought for Naomi. It's not even on her radar. He's not going to say no. He's not going to say no. He's going to say yes, because this is the Lord's doing. No questions from Ruth. Not at all. Like, I'll do everything you say, Ruth replies. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. Verse 7, after Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he was satisfied, right? Like good meal and all that good stuff. He lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth quietly uncovered his feet and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman laying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. Of course he is, right? Because, again, even in this time period where, you know, maybe these things did happen, they weren't, like, super common. I mean, you don't just go to sleep after a hard day's labor and work, and you get a full stomach, and then you're awakened to, only to discover that somebody is Somebody is sleeping at my feet. Like, that's a a shocking kind of, you know, development within your, you know, it's going to get the heart going a little bit. You know, you're not not knowing what's going on. He doesn't even know who it is because, well, you can't really see. I experience this every single night, except it's not Ruth. It's my dog, and his name is Bear, and he is evil, okay? That's all I'm going to say. He's not my dog. Of course. He's not mine. He belongs to my daughter, Emery. Every night. This is like clockwork. Sometimes 12.30. Sometimes 1.30. Sometimes 3. He's on this, my side of the bed. He's black. All black. Pomeranian. Right? And I turn over and there's his face staring at me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm the only one out of a family of six that can let this guy outside. I don't know why he only just comes to me. It's because he wants me out of the bed so he can steal my spot. That's how it works. If you've got animals, you understand that they're smarter than what we realize, I think. And uh, yeah, it's a jolting experience to turn around and be like, ah, there's two eyeballs looking at me. My kids have done it to me in the past before as well. You know, they just know how to like, and it's just, it's just always creepy, right? Somebody's staring at you and you're like, what? I can imagine midnight, maybe moving your feet around a little bit and you're like, there's a body down there. Like, what is going on? Who is sleeping so close to me? And that's what he asked. He's like, um, who are you? Who is that? I'm your servant, Ruth. I'm your servant, Ruth. It's beautiful. I'm your servant, Ruth. 
Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you're my family redeemer. You're my kinsman redeemer. That's all the time we have for today on Bread for the Broken. We're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James Grizzle teaches through the book of Ruth. Even though Ruth was written long ago, it's still incredible to see how God has worked through the lives of so many people, even thousands of years ago. What hope that should give you! God never stops working, even when you don't understand what He's doing. What a great example we can learn from! No matter where you come from or who you were in the past, you can be redeemed to bring God glory. If you'd like to listen to today's teaching again or hear more verse-by-verse teachings from Pastor James, visit breadforthebroken.com and click on the Teachings tab. While you're visiting breadforthebroken.com, you'll also be able to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Galveston is a church of ordinary people striving to love and live just as Jesus did. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to have you visit. Or if you're looking for a new church home, you're always welcome. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for worship and studying the Bible. Our atmosphere is pretty relaxed, so feel free to just come as you are. All the information you need is at breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so drop us a note in the contact form to let us know how we can be praying for you. Our website, one more time, is breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for tuning in today to Pastor James's teaching on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of the